Amanda and I'm Kristen and we are the extra sisters so sit back relax and let's get creepy welcome to another 100 years of horror and in this installment of the series I know I've said it like I think the last like three or four times but (laughs) oh my god we're getting so close to the end so we are going to be discussing the second half of the 2000s decade starting off with 2005 Five. Starting off with 2005. Yes. Kristen, go right ahead. What, what, what do we have in 2005? So starting off in 2005, we have an American film and our third zombie movie in a row, counting the ones from our, our part one. And we have Land of the Dead, George A. Romero's Land of the Dead, which I'm pretty sure was his last film. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So Land of the Dead it just continues the whole Night of the Living Dead Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, it continues that series of going through the zombies have taken over the planet and they have taken over at this point. We basically have just a last band of survivors in a city, which so there's quite a few of them, but it's our last band of survivors and they're just trying to survive day to day, not being eaten by zombies. They do have a crew that will go out occasionally and go get supplies, anything that they need, maybe take out a few zombies on the way. This actually is on Halloween. And it definitely feels spooky that way, which I I did like. And I mean, it's a typical zombie movie. We have the bad guys and of course they're people and then you have to kill them and get the hell away. And eventually we get away with a small band of people and they leave the city. It's a typical zombie movie. And down with the wealthy... Yes, the George A. Romero in every one of his films always has some sort of ism or problem that he talks about in his films. This one is all about the haves versus the have-nots, literally, because we have this huge wealthy building that the wealthy people live in that is perfect and they all have food and then literally underneath them on the streets, we have people starving and they have no homes and they're living on the streets. Yeah, and the only other thing that I really had to add was there's actually the zombies are pretty intelligent there's like Mm -hmm. one point where they're like watching fireworks but then at some point that doesn't work anymore so and then there's even a point where like the people and the zombies like nod to each other and it's like you go that way and i'll go this way and they kind of acknowledge like you're good people and these are bad people and we're gonna leave you alone like kind of you know yeah exactly my own my only notes on it that's not you know about the film just about it but okay here's my one thing What is with haves versus have-nots of money in the fucking apocalypse? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? You still have to have your goddamn money? It makes the world go round. I know, right? Fuck money. I'm so mad at money and rich white men. Because once again, it's an old rich white man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom even told me as a child that money is the root of all evil. Exactly. Because it's fucking true. Which is so funny because, like, when it comes down to it, I'm not trying to call my mom out, but, like, you're gonna vote republican okay (laughs) right i mean 
not saying all, not all Republican. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Not all Republican <laughs> or conservatism is like that, but this particular election, like, right. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you need to, if money <laughs> is the root of all evil, he is evil. So he's the antichrist potentially. I'm just saying, I don't think he's saying. smart enough. Uh, I think he's hey. manipulative enough. Just, just rich enough. <laughs> I have never seen, I have on, had only seen Night of the Living Dead when I started my George A. Romero thing, like my journey. So, and I have, because of the podcast, gone in order so far. So before I watched Land of the Dead, I actually went through and watched everything before. So I watched Day of the Dead. I even watched Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead. I watched the remake of Dawn of the Dead. I wanted to make sure I had all of my my deadness before I got into Land of the Dead. And the only comment that I have that is kind of upsetting to me is in Day of the Dead, which we'll talk about next year, but there is a zombie that is it's learning. And I assumed, because I knew that in Land of the Dead, there was a smart zombie. I was like, oh my god, maybe it's like, it has to do with that. Maybe it's that zombie that got out. Maybe there were more zombies. No, it has literally has nothing to do with it. That was kind of upsetting. Like, call back to your old movie. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, Night of the Living Dead is still my favorite. Mm-hmm. I know that doesn't really have anything to do with what you were just talking I about. Liked Dawn of, like, I really liked Dawn of the Dead, the 70s one. I think yeah. that's my favorite so far. Yeah. I mean, they're both good. I just, when I, I, I both actually watched Night of the Living Dead for the first time for this. And that one's still, still my favorite. <laughs> the classic. I love yeah. that. And I, this was, you're definitely right. The year of zombie or like the decade of zombie. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the Dawn of the Dead remake. Exactly. Which was there in 2004. So yeah. Yeah. People ate zombies up and I don't know why because I mean zombies have been around like we've been making zombie movies for forever but oh my god we still are I was looking at what movies in 2020 or 2021 we might be getting someday and there are like four new zombie movies can we stop <sighs> do something else we haven't done enough werewolves do werewolves for a while that's true werewolves have been getting the shaft man yeah right we did vampires well i mean we twilight gross but we did vampires for a while we did all the vampire books and stuff now we're doing zombies let's do another one move on i genuinely other than wolfman can't think of a uh ginger snaps which is coming up the howling american werewolf in london we got lots of old werewolf movies have i seen the howling you have not Okay. I don't think so, at least. No, I, I haven't I, seen I've, it since I was in high school. That's why I was, you would know, because I would have watched it <laughs> with you or for this. That's why I was like, it, I don't recall seeing it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen The Howling. So, but I mean, th- yeah, those are all good ones. But you don't see, and I don't know why, because werewolves, that is, I mean, that's pretty scary, you know. It's a cool one. Like, I will full on say I love vampires, mostly because there's the literature out there and there's the movies. But honestly, I like werewolves more. Do them. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody make a werewolf movie. Even if it's a small <laughs> independent film, let us know if you've done it. Moving on into 2006, this actually came out in 2005 in the UK, but 2006 in the US. So that's why it took the 2006 spot. We have The Descent. And actually, Woo! we did. 
Yeah, we did a <laughs> review on this one fairly recently-ish, so you can go listen to a full-length episode on The Descent. But basically, if you haven't seen The Descent, I would say, where have you been? But my first time seeing The Descent was for the episode we just recently <laughs> did. So no judgment for me on this one. But it is about a group of women that go down spelunking in a cave that they shouldn't fucking go down spelunking in. And there are a bunch of creepy creatures that start picking them off one by one and they start eating them basically and obviously you're down in a cave there's not a lot of light sources and so there's a lot of creepy imagery and yeah that's pretty much it and of course there's drama within the friend group one of them Mm -hmm. with another one's husband that's now dead you know so there's that but yeah but it's amazing It is very, very well done. And it's, yeah. I mean, I forgot to mention on Land of the Dead. I'm sorry. I've been, I'm going to try not to slack. I'm going to try to do these for every single one of them. So yeah. What's the Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. Sorry. Before, before (laughs) I get too far ahead of myself, the Rotten Tomatoes score for Land of the Dead. Of course, I'm going to go over the critic and the audience score. The critic consensus was 74%, which is what gets, the critic consensus is what gets these, their spots. The audience score is a 51%. So quite a difference there, but you have to consider also to be a critic on Rotten Tomatoes, you don't just get to post reviews. Anybody can post as an audience member, but to be an actual critic on Rotten Tomatoes, you have to have credentials. And so there's only 178 critic reviews, but there are 137,450 audience ratings. So when you average together over 100,000 versus 178, you're going to have a different. Yeah. So, you know, take that into account. But when you look at The Descent, again, this was a British film, I believe, if I have that correct, Mm -hmm. which is cool because I feel like we haven't talked about British horror a ton. Mm -hmm. But this has an 85% critic score with 178. Again, didn't I just say that for the other one? And (laughs) a 75 with over 200,000 audience members. So this is actually a really beloved horror film with audience and critics both agreeing this is a very well done film with like with the caveat of one male cast i mean the monsters obviously probably some males in there but as far as the characters go it's an all-female cast yes and the husband that dies so (laughs) as he should because he's a fucking cheater i mean spoiler alert (laughs) you know death maybe not but you definitely (laughs) uh, lose your wife (laughs) so right so that's cool too because it's nice seeing an all-female cast now most of them do die spoiler alert true (laughs) (laughs) but again we've already ruined that for you in the review so you know right exactly so you've already heard us talk about it it was amazing i loved it yeah we both approve of this film (laughs) and i was actually kind of spooked to see this one because you hear about it being scary like people genuinely think this film is pretty terrifying when you hear people talk about it yeah there are some really good jump scares too like there are times when they're messing around with the night vision and all of a sudden there's like someone standing behind them shit like that there's some good spooks uh yeah i there was a couple like where i was like oh god like (laughs) generally it's not something that is horrifying but it did it did do a pretty good job most of the time Mm mm-hmm 
Moving on to 2007, or I don't know which year this possibly came out, because this was also a foreign film from South Korea. Only 2006, so it only took 2006? Yep. Okay, perfect. And this is The Host. So originally when Amanda and I did this list last year, two years ago, I don't know how long it's been, when we were just going to watch it as friends, we actually had The Orphanage on the list as the best. Oh my god! (laughs) But then more reviews came in because it was a more recent movie, so the host took its place. So I did want to talk about, I wondered if Amanda wanted to talk about The Orphanage at all, because we actually had a little mix-up with this one and had to watch both The Orphanage, or she watched both The Orphanage and The Host. So yeah, I did watch The Orphanage because I thought it was what I was supposed to watch, but I fucked up. But... So the orphanage, it was funny because I watched it. It was like one o'clock in the morning when I started. Watching oh it. my God. I know. I fucking, I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well it's, well, it's funny because you were like, there's only two on the list. We haven't done. My brain registered that as there's only two on the list. You haven't seen. I was wrong. Oh no. <laughs> I was wrong. I was like, oh, she meant that like two on the list that we're going to do full episodes on. But <laughs> she didn't say there was only two I needed to watch. So my dumbass didn't actually look. And so I was like, oh, I got to watch one more. <laughs> At that point, it was really late, but I it was doing okay because it wasn't, it was a weekend night and I was like, yeah, it's fine. I'm, yeah. I, you know, I, it's been a while since I've stayed up really late watching horror movies. So well, it's there you exciting. go. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, ooh, The Orphanage. I've actually heard this one's kind of creepy. So, you know, staying up late and my husband was asleep. And so I was like, I'm going to creep myself out. So the first thing I saw. <laughs> was Guillermo del Toro presents and I was like Like, (laughs) it's gonna emotionally destroy me and be correct because all del Toro does is kill kids so and it's called the orphanage correct (laughs) I was like (laughs) it's not hiding anything and he already killed a bunch of orphans in the devil's backbone (laughs) you know and now he's just gonna keep killing orphans and I was like god damn it del Toro but I'm not gonna spoil it for me I have not seen it yet. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but basically (laughs) if you think that you're going to be brokenhearted, it's a del Toro film (laughs) in an orphanage. You will be, you know, there's, there is the scene that I knew I had actually seen in trailers. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's where this woman knocks, knocks, knocks. And then she turns around and these ghost children just keep getting closer and closer. And I had seen that. And then when I rewatched it and it doesn't get any less spooky, so it is a really well done film. I will say I had been wanting to watch it for years. And so I didn't regret watching it out of turn. But actually, we have a Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash the X <laughs> podcast, little plug there. One of our patrons, if you are a Patreon on any tier, we only have two for now on any tier you get to choose movies for us to review and one of our patrons her pick was the orphanage so it kind of worked out because we're gonna watch it for patreon so we will do a full review over on patreon so if you want to check that out you can head over there and we will drop that fairly soon i think it's coming like january yeah february i don't remember yeah so yeah it'll Mm -hmm. yeah so that is coming what I did see that was interesting, just one quick thing on The Orphanage before we go to our actual movie on the list, was The Orphanage keeps coming up on best lists. Like, I'm talking intense best lists, like The Shining, like the best movies, horror movies of all time lists. So I still have yet to see it. I'm super fucking excited. Man, like, I honestly, I knew I liked Del Toro 
but like I hadn't really seen that much that he's done. I just knew he was a very well-respected creator in the space. I Mm -hmm. knew about Pan's Labyrinth, obviously, but I hadn't seen it all until we did the podcast. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was a lot that I knew that was really great about him. And so, yeah, I mean, there was a ton that I, I mean, he was involved in the Hobbit films and Mm -hmm. just, you know, like I totally respected the guy. So, and even on animated, he is executive producer on a lot of animated films that I love. Rise of the Guardians was a really good one. I think don't quote me on this, but I, f- I think that he had something to do with one of my favorite films, which is the book of life. I feel like mm-hmm. he had, some- yeah, he did. He did. He executive. He produced did. It. Okay. I just looked nice. it up. That's one of my favorite films. So, but let me tell you after the devil's <laughs> backbone pan's labyrinth and the Yeesh. orphanage and you're ready to adopt yet. <laughs> No, but all these poor babies that need homes. I mean, yes, but he <laughs> devastates but he kills them. me every time. Yeah. And also, they all have intense, especially this one, Kristen. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I was sobbing, you know how I am with major, major things of death and grief. Oh boy, this <sighs> one fucked me up, dude. The whole, oh my god. I can't talk about it because you need to watch it, but the whole, yeah. the whole, oh my God, the ending. I'm excited. When I, I tell you for our Patreon, but I'm excited. Uh... <laughs> Maybe I won't. I don't know. I'm super excited now because now you've watched it and you keep talking about it. It's been a few days now and you keep bringing it up and I'm like, oh my God, it's gotta be so good. I'm sorry, but it's like, no, that have <laughs> like that, especially with like grief and death. Mm-hmm. That they those things have such a profound impact on me, which y'all all know by y'all all you all, all y'all know <laughs> y'all all y'all all. I'm from Texas. <laughs> uh, they just really and this one especially. What? Oh God. Anyways, we actually have a movie for this year that is not yes. the orphanage, but yes. ten out of ten, five out of five. <laughs> Anyways. Yes, yeah, so actually the movie that is best on the list for 2007 currently is The Host, which is from South Korea. This movie was funny. It was definitely a horror comedy, but the comedy is very dry, which I loved. And very, did they just make that joke? It's basically a monster movie about a family who runs a little like convenience store type shop out of their home. It's like a little canteen. Yeah, exactly. And this family, it is a two brothers, a sister, a father, and one of the brothers has a daughter. And this daughter is, uh, I don't know, middle school, maybe early high school age, like maybe freshman. Like 13 or 14 or something like that. Yeah, she's like right there. And this father is very... <laughs> so actually if anybody had listened to our the quiet family episode the father of the daughter is actually the kid who was listening to everybody have sex in the but he had a kid in the quiet family <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> he's literally the same character he's still the the dork and like he runs to meet her one day for school and just randomly trips on nothing he's that kind of person but he ends up having to save her because there was a lab not even a lab experiment they dumped a bunch of chemicals into the river and then some who did 
random scientists. States military did because literally, if I, I was telling Brad this, I have watched so many foreign films last year and this year and if there is a military that's fucking shit up even in foreign films it is the united states military i'm just saying for sure (laughs) so yes they're which actually the doctor that tells them to dump all this shit down the drain that's going to go into their rivers that creates what it creates is a monster an aquatic sea creature thing that comes out and it starts taking people to eat them but the dude who tells them to dump it is Herschel from The Walking Dead. That's so sad. He's like I Herschel. thought so. I looked like it, but I couldn't tell. But I'm, I thought so. Yeah, it was Herschel from The Walking Dead. But so, yes, they, they dump all this stuff in the water. And then a guy jumps off of a bridge into the river to commit suicide. And that whole process caused this sea monster. And this sea monster comes up on land, which is where this family is. They're right by the, the river selling their stuff and it comes up on land and it takes a bunch of people and one of the people that it takes is this guy's daughter so we have to go in the sewers and go rescue her but it is a whole oh my god it's a whole thing because you end up with this family being crazy the whole fucking time there there's a point the best scene that i loved so much they she has been taken they are setting everybody aside in a quarantine area to see if any if anybody's going to be sick or to see what to do next you know after a major disaster you go into the side area and let's see what's going to happen they're there you see all the frames of the people that have been taken like they're dead there's stuff everywhere like they are dead and this fucking crazy family everybody else is being all put together and sad and crying to themselves oh no they cause a huge fucking scene where they're like tripping over themselves and falling and just just crying at the top of their lungs and like trying to get her picture and they're making a huge mess in front of everybody that's the family the whole time Dude, they're a mess and like the fucking military god i mean i know i know you're probably gonna get to the whole virus thing is yeah. the united states yeah (laughs) yeah so basically what happens is you know we have the monster on one side of it and then we have a virus on the other basically what they're saying is that a military man touched the creature and now he is dying a terrible death from some sort of disease so that means that this there's a virus on this creature around this creature and if you touched it especially if you touched it or blood got on you anything like that you have to be quarantined So, of course, the guy tried to save his daughter. He definitely touched the monster, so he has to be taken away and be quarantined. And it gets to the point where he is left alone. All of his family members, we end up losing the grandfather at one point. The other brother and sister are out and about trying to rescue his this guy's daughter, and he gets taken into quarantine again. And they drill into his fucking head, even telling him, oh, we haven't found any." any clue that there even is a virus but it's got to be in the brain so they fucking drill his head open even though there is no reason to even assume that there actually is a fucking virus they're making it up and it's the americans actually the guy who drills into his head is one of the scientists that studies bugs in science of the lambs yep i literally was like Oh, he went from an entomologist to a <laughs> shitty doctor. <laughs> right, exactly. Yep, there's like, there is no virus. That's the thing. There is no virus. So it's got to be here somewhere. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. This this is how the rest of the world sees us, isn't it? 
I guarantee, like, right. I know that that's true because, like, I read comments on Facebook posts where it's like, hey, if you're from another country, what do you think of the United States right now? And it's a dumpster fire all the time. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's terrible the whole movie. We, we Americans basically end up going, okay, we have to get rid of this plague that's going on over there. So, how are we going to do it? We're going to dump things called. Every, I mean, I'm assuming people have heard about Agent Orange that happened during Vietnam that hurt a bunch of fucking people, including our people. They start dumping, not even knowing if there's a virus. Once again, not even knowing. They can't find proof this is a thing. They dump a thing called Agent Yellow in the water system, all over the streets, everywhere. Who the fuck knows what these people are inhaling? And there's a point where people in the city are all wearing masks because they're dumping this stuff and this motherfucker on the goddamn street you can tell he's sick he pulls off his fucking mask to spit on the street that is so disgusting for one guys who do that that's gross no woman ever wants to see you do that it's nasty (laughs) second don't pull your fucking mask off to spit on the street when there's a fucking plague around and then, like, I know that this has some comedic elements, but it is truly incredibly sad because it is like there's so much death, like the family loses their father, her grandfather, and then they need to go into the sewers. And the little girl, the 13, 14 year old, there's another little boy that lost his brother that was keeping him safe. And so they bond together and she does everything in her power to keep him safe. And then it like she really does keep him safe. The whole time to the point where he's the one that ends up living over her. Yeah, it's so sweet. Like the monster at one point eats both of them and she has a hold of its tooth so that she's not swallowed. And she has a hold of the boy, like like a grasp on him. And that's what saves the little boy because they can pull her out at least. It's and sad then, though. Yeah, yeah. And then like the family of siblings find her and him and basically defeat the monster but are like grieving her loss it's really sad yeah it really is it doesn't have a happy ending it does end with the father of the daughter has adopted this little boy and it's just the two of them in the same house that he lived with his dad selling the same stuff in their little convenience store shop which is sweet at least they both got something in the end but it's it is sad but there are also some funny elements to it i would definitely say check it out it's really good yeah i definitely like the orphanage more but you know this has it's there's they're apples and oranges honestly oh yeah this was really good they this has a 93 percent critic consistent consensus and a 72 percent audience score so you know obviously it's appreciated it's good the cgi on the monster especially for the so time good. Out, was really well done mm-hmm. brad was like what year did this come out and i was like fucking mid 2000s like mm-hmm. closer to like like 2006 2007 like that yeah yeah it looked really good so yeah i would definitely highly recommend it and the orphanage go watch it <laughs> but was really well done So for the year 2008, we have another foreign film, which we may or may not, we are going to do a full episode on here in the next coming month or so. So keep an eye out for it. This is Let the Right One In. It is a Swedish film. I'm not going to talk too much about this because I don't want to spoil our, our, spoiler, spoil Mm -hmm. our own upcoming episode, but this is a vampire film, again, from Sweden, and there is an American remake 
but we're just going to talk about let the right one in obviously because that's what made the list and let me in as the american remake came out i think in 2009 so a year later right uh, 2010 2010 excuse me a couple of years later this film is about a very lonely boy that does not have many friends befriending a vampire that looks to be around the same age even though she's been that age for <laughs> hundreds of years presumably and he's bullied obviously like i said and he is using her to obviously just as a friend but also he's giving she's giving him courage to stand up to his bullies and they form this relationship that blossoms over the entire movie it's kind of a coming of age story but it's also kind of a budding wholesome-ish friendship even though people mm -hmm. die it's also a story <laughs> of how she has to survive and gain sustenance and you know this particular vampire lore is also very interesting so it is a very well done film and it has a 98 percent critic consensus and a 90 percent audience score it's also kind of long too it's two mm -hmm. two hours and some minutes i mean you know not a super long runtime, but it kind of feels long but not necessarily mm -hmm. in a bad way it's definitely more of an artistic vampire film though yes yes it is and so keep that in mind it's definitely not super gory it's there's no action hardly at all but it's i i did highly enjoy this film which you will hear a little bit more about that in our review in the next coming weeks but yeah let the right one in one for 2008 yeah my comments on it are i love snowy horror like yeah. i for lack of a better term, it feels so magical, I guess. But, I, but like, think of it like the shining or the white reindeer. It just, it felt so good. Can I just it. say real quick? It's fucking September and it's supposed to snow five to eight inches tonight. Like today, right now when we're yeah. recording this. That's fucking weird. I know. Like, I know we're in Colorado, but this is actually abnormal for us. So Yeah, it really is. It was 92 yesterday. Yeah. I guess it's a storm coming down from Wyoming or something, but yeah, it is super weird. But I do love the magical of snowy horror. I'm actually, especially as we're getting closer to November, December timeframe, I'm like, oh, more. I know. All day today, <laughs> I just wanted to curl up by a fire and watch a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. I also love that Oscar is paler than a true vampire. Dude, I know. He literally, <laughs> I know this is like when I think of Sweden, I, a landscape, like his pale skin and like. Oh, he is the hair. typical Swedish kid. Yeah. Well, you think of like, you know, that, that you would think of, yeah. Eastern European, yeah. Yeah. That with that bright blonde hair and super pale skin, and that is Oscar to a T. Yep. Uh, and. Also, I wanted to bring up, did you see, there is a point, there is a scene where Oscar and his mom are brushing their teeth and they had toothpaste. And I wanted to bring it up because I know you hate that when they don't. I didn't notice that, <laughs> but I probably didn't notice that because it didn't <laughs> piss me off. <laughs> exactly. They had toothpaste. Woo. We should mar start marking the movies where they do have it. It's the great. Swedes know how to actually <laughs> put toothpaste on their toothbrushes in movies because they're not. Exactly. Freaking, God. Amazing. Anyway, moving on, 2009, what do we got? Oh, crap. I talked so much. I thought it was me. <laughs> moving yeah, on. You're like, I just did it, bitch. What? <laughs> I was like, what? It's your turn. Okay, moving on to 2009, we have an American film and a film by a director that people adore in the horror community, Sam Raimi, and this is Drag Me to Hell. And I know Drag Me to Hell is another one that ends up on the best movies of all time lists, which mm. not for me so much. 
but I get the quirkiness. Like it definitely felt like a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. So Drag Me to Hell is all about a woman who is working in a bank. She does loans for people and an elderly woman comes in one day and she needs to get a, a you know, she needs to, she can't pay for her home right now. So she needs to drag the loan out a little bit more. And instead of doing that, our, so our lead actress decides that she actually wants to move up the company ladder. She wants to become assistant manager. And in order to do that, she has to be a hard ass. So she decides not to give the lady the help on her loan for her house. And, and, it ends up being a whole scene where this little lady gets kicked out, but she does end up cornering her in her car later, and she curses her. She steals a button off of her jacket, and we get cursed. The rest of the movie is us trying to get the fuck away from this curse, because this curse will drag her to hell. That's what it is. We have a demon that's coming after her, and it's going to get her in three days. Eventually, she goes to a medium to try to get it taken, to get it away from her. That doesn't work out. It does end up taking her in the end. She thinks that she has thwarted it. She thinks she has given the button to our little old lady who has actually died. She thinks that she has given it back to her. And actually, she gave her a dumbass quarter instead. So she gets drugged to hell. And that's literally our last scene is her getting drugged into hell. Which, you know, you can also listen to a full review on that. Maybe here in the next few weeks, you know. Yeah, I mean, this was my also my first time watching this was for this and future review. And it I I like you said, I do get it. I didn't watch mm-hmm. this when it came out and I I do appreciate Sam Raimi, but I didn't get on board with Evil Dead when I was young. Of course, I was I wasn't alive when Evil Dead came out, so the Evil the Evil Dead. I get the Evil Dead and then the remake Evil Dead mixed <laughs> up. Not mixed up, but you know what I mean. The names, titles. yeah. Yeah. And so I do appreciate Sam Raimi and the Evil Dead and his artistry and his innovation, especially with, you know, puppets and animatronics and all that stuff and special effects. And mm-hmm. there was definitely some of that callback to his earlier work and his style. And I think that was a lot of the charm of this movie. And the story is okay. I mean, you've probably seen something similar before. You know, we used mm-hmm. the trope of gypsies cursing. And I don't know how right. they feel about that. But, <laughs> you know, I guess we don't really care how they feel about that. It just was kind of middle of the road for me. So, mm-hmm. which we'll elaborate on. Of course, you can hear our full opinions in the full episode that's coming. But it didn't, I mean, you know, it is all right. <laughs> Yeah, basically how I felt. I It does feel very Sam Raimi, though. Like, it's very quirky like him. A hundred percent. And that's mm-hmm. the thing where, like, I it, it has some charm, mm-hmm. but it also has its issues, which we won't want to spoil our own content. So, <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, you'll have to wait for it. But also, I will give the audience scores some credit on this. There's a 92% critic count. Then there's 266 critics, so actually quite a bit of critic Damn. score on this. There's and it's a 62% audience score, which is still high. It still has a good rating, but but it does have 847,000. Oh my god! Rating. So to maintain something above a 50% or even a 60%, even a yeah. 40% with that almost a million ratings people love it i mean right that's pretty legit so good for them good for the filmmakers it's just but i could see how like 
going and seeing this. There were some good jump scares going and seeing this in film or in cinema, you know, on a Friday night and Mm -hmm. adding to your collection. I could see how people reach for this over and over and over again. If they really enjoyed it, I could definitely see reaching for it around Halloween. I won't personally, but I could definitely see that. So Mm -hmm. it's not something that I'm offended by, by any (laughs) means. And, you know, if somebody's like, I love Drag Me to Hell, I'm definitely I like, I totally see it. So, you know. I'd be like, you have to get out. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Trash. Trash opinion. <laughs> no, but like, I get it. It's just not my thing. But anything with demons in it always like raises that that fear factor for me a little bit. But that's cheap because I've seen like the shittiest demon movies and I'm always like, you know right exactly so yep that's the 2000s in a nutshell man like oh my god we only have one more decade oh <gasps> and more movies and we've watched a hundred oh films. my god we made it well almost we've almost made it yeah almost that's crazy like and then we'll probably do a wrap-up you know episode of like some of the the, the stick outs mm-hmm so probably two more episodes wrapping up this series or three more, excuse me, the, you know, two parts. And then so let us know if there were any standouts to you out of the 2000s, because this is kind of our decade, like the 2000s were kind of when we started going to see movies as teenagers. Mm-hmm. So When we know. started contributing to culture or at least having it influence us. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know if there were any standouts to you. Did you see any of these in theaters when you were a teenager? Do you love them? Do you hate them? Let us know. And we hope you have enjoyed the series so far as it's coming to an end, which is weird. <laughs> right. So I, It's not like, you know, it's just a series ending, but I mean, it's been fun and we'll do other series, but of course, we have one more decade, so you know where to find us on social media to keep up with those postings. Everything is The Exorcisters Podcast, except for Twitter, which is at The Exorcisters. And of course, you can check out our Patreon. I've already plugged it, but it is patreon.com slash The Exorcisters Podcast. Until next time, stay creepy. Stay creepy.